Good afternoon, dear listeners. You are tuned in to CJSR FM 88.5, and this is Moving Radio. Join me, won't you please, for the next one half hour as we take a look at local, Canadian, and independent cinema. Well, hopefully we're lucky enough on Tuesday to get down to the Metro Cinema and see CJSR's presentation of Bloodied But Unbowed. And it was a great punk rock documentary about the punk rock scene in Vancouver. And uh, it was a good time. Suzanne Tabata, the director who we're going to have on this week's show, was Skyped in. But you got one more chance to see this film in the theater on Sunday at 4.15 p.m. And you can enjoy my conversation with director Suzanne Tabata of Buddied But Unbowed. As well, I talk with Laura O'Connor, and we discuss all the birthday celebrations the Metro Cinema has coming up, and you want to make sure you listen to that because there's tons of great stuff. And I hear that also maybe a Saturday morning cartoon special with a whole lot of unlimited buffet of cereals coming up too. So make sure you listen to that. Also, Pat Downing, the director of Café Café. It's going to be one of the films featured in this month's Edmonton International Film Festival. If you didn't already know, the EIFF kicks off on September 26th, and you'll be able to catch all those films down at the Edmonton City Center Cinemas. So it's a whole lot of CanCon this week where we cover the Metro Cinema as well as films upcoming at the EIFF. It's all that and a little bit more on this week's edition of Moving Radio with me, your host, Christian Zip. I'm sitting up here at the palatial offices upstairs of the Metro Cinema. It's, it's lovely. It's uh, decorated in uh, vintage movie posters and uh, it smells of celluloid. I'm here with Laura O'Connor. And uh, she's talking to me only because uh, everyone in the office made her talk to me. <laughs> That's her new position. They're like, oh, anytime Zip calls, we're just going to make Laura talk to him. So, uh, Laura, I appreciate you sitting down with me. Thanks so much for coming down. Really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's no problem. It's no problem. Uh, this is big. You're yeah. one year old, right? Like it's Two years old. Two years old. You're teething. Yeah, I know. I felt like a year, but <laughs> it's been two. Or maybe I just looked at the first one, I'm like, that's zero, and this is one. <laughs> that's right. Maybe I'm that guy. Uh, no, no, it's like a two-year anniversary. It's been a successful run. I'm glad you guys set up shop here at the Garneau Cinema. Uh, let's talk about what you have for the uh, Metro Cinema Birthday Week celebrations. Yeah, we're so excited. We've got a jam-packed week. It's September 13th to 19th, and we're starting off Friday the 13th with Metro Cinema's anniversary party. So doors at 7 o'clock, free admission and popcorn. We're going to have Metro in miniature, so it's going to give you an example of what Metro does on a yearly basis. At 8 o'clock is Lindsay McIntyre's A Northern Portrait, which will be a live performance. be really exciting. And at 11 o'clock, it's The Harder They Come, 40th anniversary screening, and that is free if you attend the whole party. Nice. You get a little Jimmy Cliff as the payoff for you, right? Exactly. It's a nice way to end the evening. And then on the following Saturday, it's all you can eat Saturday morning cartoons. All you can eat cereal Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> Don't eat the cartoons. No. Well, you could. <laughs> you could try. Yes. It might be a little, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make you gassy. <laughs> There's so no true. two ways about it. <laughs> okay. Well, there's a lot of stuff going on, and, and a lot of it you can find at metrocinema.org. Um, let's talk about the organization, too, and, and maybe uh, your connection with it, and how you see is kind of like Metro's connection to the neighborhood now, which I think is uh, 
way more distinct than it probably ever was when when you guys were at the at the Citadel Theater, and uh, and maybe what's important about having you know uh, art house cinema and a retro kind of cinema in an area like this. So the neighborhood has been fabulous, including the university, uh, which we've produced a, uh, a monthly called Gateway to Cinema. So for the month of September, it'll be the Breakfast Club on September 25th at 7 p.m. Yeah, so, uh, so, I mean, this is something, and it's not just solely the university. I mean, there are a lot of community groups that um, in some ways will use uh, the theater, but also that you guys make sure you connect to it. And I guess we'd be kind of part of that as well, too. Why is it so important, do you think, Laura, for you and, and Metro as an organization to be able to connect with those community groups and, uh, and, you know, kind of pull people into the theater? Well, I think Edmonton has so much wonderful things to offer. And Metro Cinema at the Garneau is a beautiful place. And so we love to connect the two together. So we have partners like the Art Gallery of Alberta, the Edmonton Movie Club, Latitude 53 is hosting our first movie night here later this month with Wasteland. We're really excited about that. Um, we're just really excited to be part of Edmonton's community. Yeah, I, I think it's it's become a, a great hub for that and uh, in a lot of different ways. And also really supportive of local filmmakers too, right? Definitely. For instance, Lindsay's live performance yeah. coming on with Northern Portrait. So we're excited about that. And then also on Saturday, we've got John Mick's Edmonton Wowie. So that'll be a live performance. It'll be performance. He'll be interviewing Don Iveson, Trevor Anderson, and Colleen Brown will be performing. So that'll be really exciting. That's at seven. So why, you know, because some people are like, I don't want people to know when my birthday is. I don't want people to know what my age is. <laughs> why, why do you think this is important to like, to, to have a week like this where you have a bunch of different events that are tied into uh, the second anniversary of Metro being here? We love Edmonton and we're so thankful for their continuous support as we move to the bigger building. And uh, so we have the free night then and we also have a Metro customer appreciation on the 16th. So that'll be a double feature of Blackfish at 7 and The Act of Killing, the director's cut at 9. So again, free admission and free popcorn. Yeah, and if you haven't seen The Act of Killing, it's a, it's a mind blower Definitely. Like, to be sure. If you, <laughs> if you missed it in any way. And this will be the director's cut. So there's 44 additional minutes. Oh, well, there you go. That's I can't awesome. even imagine what's in that 44 minutes because, yeah, that documentary is so profound. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, all the stuff that's happening here is, uh, is a lot of fun and that people go to. Now, one thing that you've mentioned before we kind of glossed over a little bit was the, uh, the Saturday morning cartoon thing like that's our happened was it been like three times before? I believe or? this will be the third third or fourth time okay the Saturday and morning cartoon so talk to us a little bit about that because I think that's probably an incredibly successful event that's really gone past even just people like myself who love cinema right? definitely that's essentially a standing room only and those people are standing or sitting in their pajamas which is fabulous so you come in and we have a buffet table full of all your favorite breakfast cereals all you can eat, like I said again, and uh, you just get over two hours of cartoons from the 70s and 80s. I don't know a better way to spend your morning. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's usually, here's the thing, is it's really weird, rare stuff too. Because in an age where you can pretty well see as much weird, rare stuff as you want online, this stuff doesn't always necessarily pop up. It's true. Some of my favorite parts are actually the commercials <laughs> from the 70s and the 80s for the children in past years. So that is something that you definitely want to get here. I'd recommend you get here before 10 a.m. when the doors open. It's usually a lineup and usually sold out. So that is to not be missed. So uh, is there anything else you want to tell me, Laura? 
Yeah, during that week, we actually have two of our uh, monthly series. So on September 17th, Graphic Content is launching, launching their third season with Batman Returns at 7 p.m. And a turkey shoot on September 19th at 9 p.m. is doing Prophecy. Now, that's the Prophecy from 1978. So no angels and demons, but there's wow. a crazy, giant, genetically altered bear. So it should be a good time <laughs> for all. Mm-hmm. I, I've been to both of those events, uh, and they're always a good time. And I don't, th- you know, the thing that kills me is like, no matter what uh, turkey shoot actually screens, it, and if whether you've seen it or not, it's always hilarious every time. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> because uh, I, I get opened up to different ways and I never really quite thought about it before because my mind is not as twisted. <laughs> I always joked that the only way I'd see Twilight is a turkey shoot. They did it and it was amazing. John Juliet subbed yeah. in for Jeff, I believe, and it was hilarious yeah that's the one that i did miss though i didn't oh, get to see that so one that would be really, that's the only <laughs> way i'd probably watch it as yeah, well too exactly. yeah but we don't want to gloss over graphic content they're good too no and them. so exciting launch their third season and final season so do not miss what i know we're sad but i think both aaron and matt are going to have lots of really cool projects down the road for us as well but yeah make sure to catch their launch all right, all right. Lots going on this month. It's a it's a birthday party. There's cereal. There's uh, free films. There's documentaries. It's international cinema. It's too much to almost digest. Uh, but you could just stay down here all day, every day, if you wanted to. Definitely, the popcorn is delicious. Yeah, uh, a huge week. Let's remind them again when it is, what exactly is happening, uh, and where they can find out more information. It's the second anniversary what's the official title metro cinema's second anniversary god it's like i just came up with that <laughs> that's yours you can, you can have it, it. You can have it. <laughs> thank yours, you so bro. much yes and you can find information about that week and so much more at www.metrocinema.org hi hi applying for a job yeah good do you work here My life story. Looking at. Would you like to go to the movies? To a movie. One movie. There's a retrospective. Hers off. Get a Japanese guy here. Na 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 na. Perfect for me, to be honest. Come on. What? She's too serious for you. I'm serious. You're not serious. I'm a really serious guy. You're a goof. She's hot, Shelly. Yeah, hot, obviously a hot Shelly Duvall. I wouldn't be saying good job if you're just ugly Shelly Duvall or just like regular. Joining me on the phone today on the Moving Radio is Pat Downing. And we're going to be talking about the film Cafe Cafe. It's going to be screening as part of the Edmonton International Film Festival. Pat, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's it's great having you on the show here. Um this film has uh, has played in a couple places, uh, specifically at Cuff, where it won uh, a nice, tidy little award for best narrative. Right? Um, yeah. that, that's always a nice thing. Uh, so it's yeah, good that was a good way to start off. That was our first. That was kind of our premiere, so it was a nice. You know, it, it tested well, as we would say. <laughs> it tested pretty well. Yeah. Well, you know, anytime you have to get extra luggage for all the hardware you collected, that's a good <laughs> thing, Pat. Yeah, exactly. I had to hit the yeah. Samsonite store on my way out of town. Yeah, the Cuff Awards are humongous. <laughs> That's true. Uh, well, let's talk about the film, Pat. Uh, tell sure. us, what is Cafe Cafe for anybody that wasn't lucky enough to be at uh, in Calgary and see the screening? Uh, well, it's it's basically, we would describe it as an, an, a romantic comedy of errors 
about uh, kind of a, a failed but self-aggrandizing writer named Vlad and how he has to kind of find himself at this crossroads choosing between sort of, you know, the love of his life and then sort of the artistic professional success that he's always, that he's never had, that he's always kind of been searching for. Because he's, you know, he's, and he most spends a lot of his time just kind of hanging out in this cafe and he falls for a waitress. And then it's also sort of a bittersweet sort of love letter to Montreal where we filmed it in this kind of funny neighborhood called St. Henry, which is sort of historically kind of low rent and mostly artists and kind of, you know, those kind of cultural types live there because it's cheap and it's kind of old and it's kind of a neat part of town. So we filmed it all there and it's, uh, you know, all bilingual. So it's like French and English. It's just kind of fun because, you know, I've been living in Montreal for five years and we just had a really good time kind of giving a love letter, like having, uh, showing people what we liked about Montreal, which is such a cool town. Well, I agree. I mean, it's uh, even though it kind of centers around Vlad, it's it's very there's a lot of characters in this piece, which is one thing that I liked about it as well. But the other th- thing that I thought was beautiful is how you did have that really natural hybrid of of the English and the French speaking uh, people in Montreal, and because. You know, you get this sense sometimes that it, things are so separate, whereas I think, you know, in a lot of places it kind of fluidly, you know, just kind of mixes together. And I love that part of the film. Yeah, well, it is really one of the few places that you'll find in the world that's truly bilingual, like where people just literally do talk to each other in English and French and they understand what's going on and there's no switching back and forth. Like, admittedly, my French is not that good because but what made it hard to learn in Montreal is because you'll talk to someone in in my bad French and they'll say, well, this is what do you want? You know, there's no, there's no real, like, the, the language, like, laws and everything that kind of gets in the press about Quebec and stuff like that doesn't really exist in Montreal. It's actually, you know, for all people who want to kind of harp on that as negativity. No, the, the culture there is one of real, this sort of, like, the, you know, like, truly Canadian. Like, it is a very bilingual, very like dual kind of place that it is like a hybrid. It's very fascinating. And that kind of goes into like the way the arts work there because you have these sort of like old world sort of European style of like, you know, they really like circus and poetry and stuff like that. But there's also like a gritty underground punk rock nature, you know, it is still a big old city. So you kind of can explore both those areas where you have these kind of like contemporary cheesy dancing and like, you know, guys who just, want to shred on their guitars. It's really fun. Uh, talk to us a little bit, too, about the the kind of uh, the central meeting place for a lot of these ca- characters, uh, Cafe Joe, right? Uh, and and how you knew that that was probably going to work as a good central location to put all these characters around. Um, well, it, it, it is an actual, like we rented this, it's an actual cafe called Cafe Joe in St. Henry in the community where actually the guy who wrote the screenplay and the stars is Vlad. He worked there for a short time. He was so he was friends. So that was kind of our in. And um, it's because it, and the movie itself is based on a series of plays that Alain Mercieca, the writer had written where it just, especially when you're writing theater, it's like, okay, just set it in one, you know, you're on a stage. So he just kind of set it in this cafe and there's a real cafe culture to Montreal. Like a lot of people, you just sit around like, that similar sort of old world European kind of French style where you just sit around and talk, you know, all day sipping coffee. And uh, for us, it just also from a production standpoint, it made it like way cheaper if we can get into a place for a week, kind of rent the place out 
and then we don't have to like move around a lot. It just makes it way, you know, way easier to shoot. So we just kind of took over this cafe and then it allows you to have this sort of, you know, like you said, that kind of characters coming in out because all different types of people go for coffees and it gives it, you know, you can kind of make it more of a melange of personalities and stuff like that. So it all kind of fit together and it made it also just, again, logistically speaking, it was way easier to let's sit in one place and just film for a week and then we can just blast it out. Talk to us maybe a little bit about uh, some of the characters. Who were some that, because I know, uh, like you had said before, uh, your partner Eric Amber and Alain uh, Mercier, I believe I'm pronouncing it right. They, they had, yeah. yeah, Mercieca, had, uh, had written some of the you know, shorter plays. Maybe talk to us a little bit about uh, some of the characters that you found and that you were like, oh my God, this is exactly like this person. Or what, what were kind of those moments that really touched you of like, this is exactly like living here? Um, well, you know, the one is the, the real sort of, favorite character and she's like constantly comes up and anyone who sees the movie is the main sort of waitress kind of assistant manager at the cafe this uh Jeanette character who's this sort of very kind of foul mouth pure Quebecois through and through woman you know she refuses to speak English she kind of doesn't like English speakers even though she does like she she's one of those people you know she just basically swears every second word smokes like a chimney that is, you know, like especially where we would kind of hang out, like if you're on St. Catharines downtown or in St. Henry, you meet these, you know, kind of women, these people that, they, you know, the farthest they've traveled would be like just to the townships. They never leave the province and they just, uh, they speak, they smoke, they drink mostly like uh, Molson X is all they drink and they like, but they, it's, they're very fascinating. So she was one that we kind of really keyed on and, and like had a lot of fun just kind of letting her kind of the actress uh, Caro Braun just kind of run crazy with that and just go like, you know, because she was, you know, grew up in Quebec. And so they have, these, they know all these people. So like, just go to the max, have some fun, look at every sort of stereotype of person that you've grown up with that, you know, is like grew up in Chicoutimi and then moved to Montreal and never leaves the province. And, you know, there's just a dyed in the wool forever. will die a Habs fan, et cetera, et cetera. Like those are like, you know, just to me, that was that, that's what the fun part of the movie was, but just like really going like not to it'd be like, you know, if you made a movie about Alberta and it's like, you know, there's like Red Deer people. No one in the world knows what Red Deer is, but you like dudes from Red Deer, are, you could have fun, you know, talking about people from Red Deer because it's a different sort of place. Right. Like if you think about it and then you just kind of like these guys are like Alberta born kind of rednecks or whatever you want to call them. You know, I grew up in Calgary for 27 years and like, I know those. And then, so we could just, we took that and explored it like with that character. Same with uh, sort of like the kind of the guy who grows up in Montreal, but then doesn't want to speak French. He's like just the opposite, even though he can totally understand it really well, but you know, he just refuses because he's like that. No, I'm in the big city. This is Montreal. This is everything, you know, but it, uh, like that, so, you know, that kind of character, those kind of guys were like really fun, and then because then of course conflict derives from them, and it's always but they're basically the same people. They're just sort of who kind of leave these sort of closed existences, but have this sort of grand worldview that's completely seen through the filter of like you know Quebec, and <laughs> these are my classes, <laughs> and, and it's really fun to kind of do stuff like that. 
We're speaking on the phone today with Pat Downing. We are discussing the film Cafe Cafe. It's going to be playing as part of the Edmonton International Film Festival. So make sure you make your way down to uh, Empire City Center Cinemas to check it out. This wasn't some f***ing sugar-coated Barbie doll, G.I. Joe and everybody's happy and runs off to Hawaii world. I wasn't a hippie and I wasn't a disco chick. What the f*** was I? From the moment I started playing, I was aware that Vancouver was, had the best punk rock scene. I first knew Canadian punk rock as an export item when it would be sleeping on my floor. I think we all kind of intuitively knew that we were all kind of freaks in a way. There was a lot of sex, there was a lot of drugs, there was a lot of music. We weren't curing cancer, we didn't invent the internet, we didn't do whatever, but we thought we were changing the world. We couldn't have been more honest and raw about what we were doing. If I didn't have the music, I would have become an arsonist or something. We are living proof that shit floats. <laughs> I don't know, it's like, you know. Yeah, what, do you, what do you want to say, right? Cut. Joining me on the phone today is the director of uh, a pretty fascinating documentary. It's called Bloodied But Unbowed. It is a documentary you're going to be able to catch on Sunday, September 8th, and that is going to be at 4.15 p.m. at, of course, once again, the Metro Cinema. Our guest today is Suzanne Tabata, director and producer of the film. Suzanne, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, checking in with the film, and we're really happy to be here. Well, I, you know, it's it's got two things that I love. I mean, it's, uh, you know, incredibly Canadian, and at the same time, it's a music doc. I mean, you know, we got no choice at this point. You know, it's a, I have to. I have to check this out. So maybe just for anybody that hasn't heard about the film, just tell us a little bit about it, and uh, maybe for anyone that's, you know, hasn't, you know, heard about maybe the scene at all. We'll, t- we'll get into that in a little bit. Too. Yeah, we we'll can get into the, the scene in a bit. The film is about the uh, the rise and fall of the first punk scene in Vancouver, um, circa 1977 through 1982, and this was a, a time that I was uh, privy to actually be kind of a part of because I I was a college uh, student at the University of British Columbia with a station there that you've probably heard of called CITR. And uh, we had a, we had radio programs there, and we played a lot of the vinyl that was being produced as 45s and some of the 12-inch EPs that were also being produced uh, by that, by this punk scene back in 1979, sort of when it was at its, when it, when, when it was at its height. And I also was involved in the first, um, cable, live cable, television, music, video show live from Vancouver called Night Dreams, and I was a kid. And these guys that were in their 30s had this show. They were old radio, FM radio DJs, um, and they brought me on to talk about New Wave and punk music. And a lot of the music that was coming in at the time 
uh, into Vancouver was from London and New York, and, and they'd already had their punk scene, so there, it, it was sort of very new wave post-punk stuff, but Vancouver's punk scene was happening at the time. And that's my relation to it, and that's the time frame that it encompasses, and I think that in making the film, it wasn't a statement to say, this is punk, this is it, this is when it happened, and it never happened after after this point. It really is a, a story arc that takes you sort of once upon a time um, to the very last sentence, which is, you know, and then they, some, and then some lived on, you know, somewhat happy, happily ever after, maybe not kind of thing. Um, so that's the story. Yeah, I think that's that's the tough part about any kind of scene like that, too. If you're at the forefront, uh, you know, there's going to be some sacrifices, clearly, that, you know, you lay the groundwork for other people to come along. Maybe talk to us a little bit about um, the mm. scene itself and what what makes it kind of uniquely Canadian in any way? Are you like, no, absolutely, I come from the angle of, like, this is a microcosm that was happening in a lot of different places there's nothing specifically Canadian about it unless, you know, you call yourself the young Canadians. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, so 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 from a from a okay, from a uh, a story point of view, um the Vancouver punk scene was um you know, like other scenes scattered throughout North America in cities in in Canada and the United States you know, comprised of its own little characters, its own stars, et cetera, right? It's a, it has, each city had its own soundtrack. What made Vancouver different at the time was that it was an extremely eclectic. Um, it produced a lot of music, and it came from a city which in the late 70s was considered a very, very small town, and a city that wasn't taken seriously um, in terms of in terms of the music industry. The industry was very focused, as you know, in Toronto at the time, and so Vancouver didn't have that sort of slickness to it that Toronto had already developed. It didn't have that um, that polish that Montreal had. Um, it had that. It had a real sort of rough redneck um, uh, uh, lumberjack slash hippie slash political protest vibe to it, and yet that was also mixed with an art school scene, a gay scene. Um, you'll see a lot of the the punk scenes from the late seventies um, are integrated with the gay community and any other fringe group, you know, that was sort of walk the streets late at night, right? Because that, because these scenes were very, very small. So what does, what makes Vancouver special is certainly the range of musical talent and, and the scope and well, the sheer, the sheer amount of music that was created from a small town, I think. I mean, that's, that, that, that would be my, my um, my analysis, having toured the film all over the place as well, and had an opportunity to listen and talk with other audiences and get a sense of their, you know, get a sense of uh, of what was going on in their towns. We also had a unique relationship with 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 the uh, San Francisco and Los Angeles, being on the West Coast, um, traveling to the nearest cities, being Calgary and Edmonton, 
took six hours or more. And so, the, you know, our, our, our reach was always north and south. We're speaking on the phone with Suzanne Tabata. She is the director and producer of Bloodied But Unbowed. As well, you can catch it on Sunday, September 8th, and that'll be at 4.15 p.m. So what's the deal now? Just this woman thinks her son is missing. Doesn't look like anyone's home. Here, look at this. These tapes only affect you if you play it in a correct sequence. That was just a little taste of what you can get at the Metro Cinema this Thursday, October 12th. That's right, Dead Fest presents one of the best horror films I've seen this year, VHS 2. If you saw the first one, not bad. Impressed? But this uh, is superior. So go check it out. Your tickets are very, very cheap. I believe it's $15 for two people uh, at the door. Or you can get your very cool printed tickets at the lobby on White Avenue. And remember, the Metro's second birthday party kicks off on Friday the 13th. And you can go to metrocinema.org for more information on that. We also spoke with Pat Downing of Cafe Cafe, and that film is going to be playing as part of the Edmonton International Film Festival between September 26th and October 5th. More specifically, you can catch Cafe Cafe on Thursday, October 3rd at 6.30 p.m. For more information, check out edmontonfilmfest.com. And of course, this weekend on Sunday, it's bloodied but unbowed at 4.15 p.m. For those of you that like the punk rock, and even if you don't care about punk rock, it is totally worth your while. Once again, that's at the Metro Cinema. All right, that wraps it up for this week. Stay tuned next week as we have more EIFF coverage and more stuff. And as well, we've got Fun Drive coming up. That's right, people. Fun Drive is happening at the end of this month. It's pretty well the same time as the Film Fest from September 26th uh, through to October 5th as well. So make sure that you're listening for two live shows in the end of September and the beginning of October on CGSR FM 88.5. But coming up next, it's a solid half an hour of Feminist Radio.